Good morning. We are doing that other rhythm of life here at Sunday morning, is, uh, and the preacher is preaching at the four services. So a little bit different uh, rotation of our liturgy this morning. As you see, we have not said our prayers yet and so on and so forth. But thank you for giving us that flexibility. So um, in this case, I can be in, if you will, two places at once uh, at 1045. And the reason um, I asked for opportunity to preach four times was I see this as a very, very important Sunday. It's the end of covenant preparation and whatever we accomplish in our covenant preparations will impact the whole of 2013. So we began with receiving God's grace, remember, and we continued um, with growing in God's grace, living and giving in God's grace last week, and uh, perhaps the most um, stunning call of all this morning, stepping out in God's grace. Only a few months ago, in late October, I learned of a poem my brother Arthur had written about 9-11. The poem had been set to music by a composer and debuted in Columbia on November 11, 2012. So it ended up out on the internet, landed finally in my email box. Arthur wrote it September 12, 2011, the day after, obviously, 9-11. It is called, In Memoriam, The Gift. And I want to share it with you this morning. In the instant of awakening, the flicker at the gate, when the servants of His holiness, these servants are the servants, the radical Islamic terrorists, the God of darkness they serve is their servant, is their holiness. Consume themselves in hate when the searing flash of judgment show us all we'll know of hell. Think of those planes crashing into the Twin Towers and the crashes in Pennsylvania and in D.C. When the searing flash of judgment shows us all we'll know of hell and the eloquence of chaos thunders what it has to tell. Yet a still, small voice within us whispers. This is the still, small voice that Elijah heard once too. Whispers, all is well. How can all be well on 9-11, you might ask? Stay tuned for the answer. The streets adrift in ashes, masquerading as a death. For the living, freed as vapor or as real as God's own breath. And we rescuers keep digging, knowing we've ourselves to find, excavating endless treasures in our country's heart and mind. Think of those weeks and months afterwards of the excavation of the World Trade Center site, seeking treasures to find, memorials and memories, parts of bodies and jewelry and shoes and so on and so forth. Elevating saints and martyrs, remember the stories of that day and afterwards, Saints and martyrs serving the Lord of love and compassion and revealing through their actions, in other words, God is kind. In his third and last verse of this poem, in the loving eyes of strangers and the gathering of tears, in the vast mosaic of prayer now transcending all our fears, is the gift, the revelation shining clearer with each sigh. And here's the gift, and here's the revelation. Those who give themselves for others will truly never die. Firefighters, NYPD, 
EMS, countless neighbors, unnamed, thousands who came from all across the country for months and months afterwards to support the recovery efforts at 9-11 at the World Trade Center site. Those who give themselves for others will truly never die. We come to the end and we come to the beginning. The end of our four-week journey of covenant renewal, covenant ratifying, covenant committing, covenant response to the covenant God has established with us that we uh, receive from Him even as failed human beings. We Christians call this the new covenant that supersedes and replaces the old covenant. The first is a covenant of law, and the second is a covenant of grace. We all are in desperate need of this grace, whether we acknowledge that or not. Look at the front of your Growing in Grace covenant sheet, and look at the, essentially the first paragraph after the uh, italics. It says it well. We all need God's grace. There is no way around it. We mess up. We disobey. We go astray. No matter how hard we try, we fail to live up to God's standards God sets for us. We have in that paragraph. God's standards, we might ask. Yeah. To live lives of holiness and purity. Lives of care, compassion, fairness, kindness, honor and integrity. Paul says it this way in Ephesians, let us live a life of love. In other words, a life of other-centeredness as primary, not self-centeredness. So why did I begin with my brother's poem about 9-11? Because the last verse and the last lines of the last verse show us the way forward in 2013. Think of that verse again. In the loving eyes of strangers, in the gathering of tears, in the vast mosaic of prayer now transcending all our fears is the gift, the revelation, something for us to receive as revelation, shining clearer with each act of kindness and love, with each sigh. This revelation, those who give themselves for others, will truly never die. It's the mystery and meaning of life answered in that line. Those who give themselves for others will truly never die. In the past, we have given ourselves for others in imitation of Jesus who gave himself for us and will truly never die. But in 2013, I bring you to a new call, a great call, A vision for 2013 for us, you and me, the people of St. Paul's, to impact the world in a new way. Not only the worlds we already impact, not only the world of Haiti and the world of the Lamb Institute in Honduras, the world of Kairos and Libra Prison, not the world only of the free medical clinic and Meals on Wheels, not just the world of Alpha and the Tea Room gift shop, Not just the world of our schools and businesses where we seek to make a difference in Christ's name. Not only all the things that you are already doing. But in 2013, a new call called to impact Somerville in Jesus' name. 
and in a new way. We can, of course, do this individually as we make our own covenant with the Lord or respond to that covenant with the Lord. But I'm also calling us in 2013 to do this as a body, as the family of Jesus, as the ecclesia is that great Greek New Testament word, ecclesia, the called out, called together, and sent out people of the new covenant, a people of grace giving away God's grace, not God's judgment to others. Indeed, He has saved us in order that we would save others. He has helped us in order that we would help others. He has blessed us, as they say, in order for us to be a blessing to others. Not that I needed further confirmation for this new call in this new year, in the new covenant context of Jesus' love, but I received this email I'm going to share with you. I received it on January 1st. The person gave me permission to share this, but asked to remain anonymous. January 1, 2013. Dear Father Mike, I am so looking forward to this month's teachings. We all think we know what God's grace is when given to us, but to give it to someone else? I sit here tonight thinking about His wonderful gift to me and ask myself just what grace is to me. And my answer began by realizing that to me, grace is a sound. Grace is the sound of a stone falling to the ground as Jesus wrote in the sand. Remember the story of the woman caught in the very act of adultery. And he says to them, let him who has never sinned cast the first stone. And the stones are dropped to the ground and the crowd disperses. She goes on and writes, It is the sound of a nail hammered through his flesh. It also becomes a resounding, reverberating noise that impacts not just me, but those I come in contact with. And yes, it is now a verb, not a noun, when I think of it that way. An action word. I know, I know, to use it as a verb would be improper. But think, if we graced others by dropping the stones instead of throwing them. If every time we thought to gossip or ridicule, we graced someone with a loud sound of a nail being slammed into the wrist of our Savior, and instead of gossip or ridicule, we loved like Jesus, as he said, Father, forgive them. And so she concluded this email, I have decided tonight that for me, for now, Grace will be a verb, and I am going to start gracing others the way God has graced me. What did Paul write to Timothy that we heard this morning? What did Paul write to St. Paul Somerville this morning? I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. To the laying on of, he writes, my hands. To the laying on of hands. Sometimes we move into a, a, a place of complacency and Paul is trying to stir Timothy up. And I invite you to be stirred up this morning by Paul's words. To fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Have you been confirmed? You've received the laying on of hands. Have you gone forward for a time of prayer and and been, had someone lay hands on you for healing, you've received the laying on of hands. Have you come forward sometime in your life for a commissioning and people laid hands on you? 
Where has it happened? But I suspect everyone in here, in one way or another, has received the laying on of hands of God's love upon their lives. And Paul, is, is a, there's a sense of um, encouragement here. Fan into flame the gift that is within you. You don't have to go find it. It's within you. He says more. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And he says, join with me in suffering for the gospel. Anyone who chooses an other-centered life will suffer for the gospel. When you give up your own agenda or your own, it's my way or the highway, or I did it my way, there is suffering involved, there is sacrifice, but God rewards and honors this kind of sacrifice. And so Paul will write, who has saved us, called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, we don't, haven't earned this, but because of His own purpose and grace. This grace was given us, there's that great word grace, was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So what does this mean for you in 2013? I hope you're asking, what does this covenant renewal this morning, the the one you are holding in your hands, your very hands, mean in 2013? Are you going to be serious with it? Are you going to ask God for His Holy Spirit power to empower you? Will you ask God today before the end of this service, after communion, in the, in the ratify, ratifying of this covenant, will you ask God today that before you leave, He will fan into flame His gift, which is in you through the laying on of hands? Will you make an investment with me? What is asked of you? What is your offering? Hearts, your hearts, invested in this work in 2013. Hands, your hands, invested in this work in 2013. And helps as well. Financial helps. Make your financial investment too in St. Paul's. Give more in 2013 than you gave in 2012. I commit to you that Ellen and I will do the same more in 2013 than in 2012 for the op account, as we call it, the operating account, in order that St. Paul Somerville can stretch, can enlarge our territory of influence in Somerville. Shades of, of course, the prayer of Jabez. Oh, Lord, that you would bless us a lot and enlarge our territory of influence, and that your hand, in other words, your power, Lord, your Holy Spirit will be with us, And remember the end of that story in Chronicles. God granted his request. May God grant our request as well that he will enlarge our territory as we work and collaborate and cooperate to enlarge God's territory. What am I asking of you, brothers and sisters? To live as the body of Christ intentionally in 2013. What will we do? Well, for hearts, come every week to be nourished and fed. Come every week to be nourished and fed for worship, to worship. For hands, we will create opportunities for you to use them in Somerville as the hands of Jesus. Stay tuned. Come back 
before then, but come back February 24th for the annual celebration, and we will tell you specifically more about that. What will we do what, for helps? We ask you to be moved to generosity by putting God and His church first in your financial decisions, first things first in 2013. Jesus called Peter and Andrew, James and John. That wasn't just out of a vacuum, though. Uh, they responded immediately, left what their first priorities were, and followed him. They who were fishermen became fishers of men because they heard a word from Jesus probably more than once as he preached and taught on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. The verse right before this gospel story this morning. From that time, Jesus began to preach. Repent! My NIV study Bible has a lovely study note on that word repentance right there. And says, repentance is more than a change of mind or feeling sorry for one's sins. It is a radical and deliberate turning or returning to God that results in moral and ethical change in action. Repentance is a radical change of direction in our lives. A radical change in commitments. Jesus then says, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, they're synonymous is near. And again, my own study notes in my own study Bible very helpfully, succinct and clear and says the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, it is present reality and future hope. We spoke of that last week as well. Present reality where Jesus' love is shared and the Holy Spirit is welcomed, expected in power. There is the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Let's make it present reality in 2013 in our hearts, in our homes, and to our neighbors. I began with a poem written whose words point us in the right direction for 2013. I also have shared an email written for us, I believe, for 2013. Let me now end with another poem written by one of our young mothers, Heather Plunkett, written just this month, written For us, for 2013, I expect. It's titled The Lost, and here are the last two verses of it. Living on the outskirts of a shattered, broken world are some of God's own children, but our vision has been blurred. Every single one of us, as precious children of our Lord, are appointed to extend His hope to a desperate, dying world. Then there's a refrain extracted from Ezekiel For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. And in the final verse, we must show love to one another as an act of worship to our King. To those lost in pain and suffering, His healing mercy we can bring. We must spread love and compassion And gently lead the lost to Christ in praise to Him make a difference by becoming salt and light. You have the document in your hands to show us the way forward of 2013. This is something that you have already written on your own intentions and your own acts of grace and love.
or have been partially written on but not yet completed, or you haven't even gotten to it yet, or you're getting it for the first time today even in your hands, but you can leave here with the intention of filling it out the rest of the way or beginning and ending your writing on it soon. This is something to be written of how you will share God's kingdom of love and life to those who most need it in Somerville, gracing others in 2013. Help us to help others this year. Come to the annual celebration on February 24th, a Sunday afternoon evening, to hear more specifics. And also at the end of our worship today, we have a gift for you. I call this a gift of grace. You'll see why when you have received it. And when you do receive it after communion, take it and open it. It's wrapped as a gift. It's a free and it's given to you from this community, the people of this community. Um, everyone personally written on for you. They are for you to remember today all year long. The stones of remembrance that were in two large glass columns here on the right and left of the communion table were there for us to remember our 2012 covenants. So they had been here since last January until this past week. And now with the new covenant, we take these stones and now we pass them back to you as a stone of remembrance. I hope a year from now it's still going to be here. I've already gotten my stone of remembrance, my gift of grace. And uh, it's here in my pocket. I'm hoping every time I reach in my pocket this year, I will remember today what I have offered to the Lord in writing to Him as my intentions for 2013. It's to help you to remember today also, to, to remember my brother's poem written out of the angst of, two, of 9-11. Those who give themselves for others will truly never die. Remember the words of an email written on January 1st, 2013, I have decided tonight, she wrote, that for me, for now, grace will be a verb and I'm going to start gracing others the way God has graced me. Remember the words of the poet who lives among us who wrote of the lost just in the last few weeks as if knowing this call on us was coming. Her words, living on the outskirts of a shattered, broken world are some of God's own children, but our vision has been blurred. Every single one of us, as precious children of our Lord, are appointed to extend His hope to a desperate, dying world. This stone of remembrance is for you to remember your covenant renewal today, the new covenant partnership that you are forging, ratifying today. We will make a difference in 2013 we will impact the world of Somerville. We will, by God's grace. Amen.